Welcome in, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burnt Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content at burntorangenation.com. Before we jump in, though, I'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Helps a ton with visibility. Share this with your friends wherever you find them, uh, wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're literally everywhere you find podcasts except for Spotify because I will say that every week until Spotify returns my emails. Uh, well, my name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week like I am every week, and I'm joined by a good friend, a man who, just like you, could be mean if you looked that clean. He's a classic man, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Uh, I'm 100% man. I'm feeling like a real human uh, past the sickness. I am, uh, I'm stoked in the middle of a pretty awesome sports week, um, so I'm just trying to soak it all in. Had a great Easter. How about yourself, G? I'm good, man. We had a really good time. Uh, little man didn't really necessarily get the concept of Easter eggs or hunting, but um, <laughs> he did painstakingly spend 15 minutes opening his grandparents' Easter card that they sent him, which was super fun to watch a toddler open <laughs> uh, an envelope. So that was a good time. Uh, you're a Stroh's guy, right? It definitely, yes. So so that's been a good weekend for you so far. Oh, it's been a wonderful weekend because you know, I have a few friends, sadly, who are Texas Rangers fans, and, and anytime you open a season, just beating them is good, but... Uh, as of tonight, I hope everyone will instantly go and look at the uh, the trouble that the Strohs had. We've waited 55 years to uh, to be able to unveil a proper banner at Minute Maid, and or, or I guess in the Astros field where they are playing at the, at the juncture. Uh, shout out RIP to the Dome. But uh, it was a for all that time planning. It was not the uh, the pristine unveiling that they had hoped. The wind caused some some issues, and there was a man with a leaf blower who is forever one of my favorite Houstonians. So just just. Uh, give that a quick Google or Twitter search, and it'll make your day. It's phenomenal. So we are not a Houston uh, Astros or Rockets or any Houston sports team uh, podcast. We're a Texas podcast, and so we actually have some Texas news to talk about. Big news this week. Texas held its annual pro day for those seniors that are hoping to get some looks from NFL teams. And Texas had quite a long list of guys working out. Uh, for the first time in a long time, it feels like they have some guys that are Obviously going to sniff the first round, guys like Malik Jefferson, who's you know widely regarded as a really talented linebacker with some upside. I was listening to a podcast earlier that had him going late first round. Connor Williams, a guy who's going to go probably middle of the first round. So it's not about those guys. It's not about those guys. It's about the guys who didn't necessarily get invited to the combine or performed poorly at the combine or want to improve or maybe got snubbed at the combine. Uh, a guy like a friend of the show, Puna Ford, uh, performed really well at the combine. Kyle, he just absolutely lit up the, um, he lit up the arena for lack of a better term. So what does that do for your feelings on Puna Ford and, and does this improve his stock any? So for one last time, we'll just hit him with a Puna. Um, I think you, you do it better. Do you want to hit him? There it is. That's it. Um, yeah, uh, he's he, truly friend of the pod. I, I believe he's, uh, he's liked one of our tweets, which that's, it's a very low bar. Any, uh, players on the 40 acres who listen to this. And I know you all listen to this. Um, just remember like those Longhorn Republic tweets, you know, you get extra shout outs, but, uh, love this kid, you know, and it just shows that I, I don't think scouts are dumb. I don't think the fact that, um, <laughs> he didn't go to the combine when literally, you know, everyone in the country thought he would or should, 
Um, but then he, you know, killed it in his pro day. I don't think anyone's going to be shocked by this. Like, oh my gosh, that kid who was really good at Texas, um, you know, on an elite Texas defense this year, uh, who's been very good for his whole career, who, um, you know, anchored a team as a senior and was a captain, um, you know, oh my gosh, he's actually good at football. This, this is weird. I didn't expect him to be an athletic freak who's also good at the football. Um, so I don't think anyone's going to be shocked, but I do think just because he didn't have that combine day that the pro day was super important, and I think he, he showed out. So maybe our long-term held hypothesis that he was going to make some GM a lot of money by being a steal in the draft, um, hopefully for his sake, isn't true. And he goes, you know, as high as he could or should or um, paychecks would dictate that he would. And, uh, and he gets paid and, and, you know, starts a great career. Um, but I think smart GMs already knew that Puna was very good. And maybe they're cringing a little because he posted um, a lot of numbers that would have been at the combine, you know, in the in the upper echelon amongst defensive tackles. And, and again, to really appreciate Puna, you got to see him play, you know, in the trenches and in game situations. But um, just some of the numbers he had, you know, he ran a 40, a sub 540. And, and let's not forget that Puna is, is, is not a small man. Um, but, you know, that's... That, yeah, absolutely. Um, he had like a top 10, top 15 time in there. Um, you know, his agility drills were all great. The three cone, um, you know, was I think a top top 12 uh, great agility drills. Like just, just looked like a guy who, you know, can do it all. A guy that size, um, just with that center of gravity, that ability to change directions just shows why he's so hard to to block. You know, he he, uh, he tunnels under, under people because he's quick, he's strong, he's explosive. Um you know, I, I think Puna Ford showed what every Longhorn fan knew. I think he um, maybe opened a couple scout eyes, but I, I think he did nothing but improve his, his draft stock. Yeah, all 32 NFL teams were there, and they, they saw a guy who, like you said, put up like three top 15 performances, or would have been top 15 if he got his uh, combine invite. You know, his bench was a little low, but... Anytime a, I, I'm a firm believer that anytime a defensive bat or a defensive lineman is having to use the bench press, he got pancaked. So not a great measure for a defensive <laughs> lineman. Uh, but he he's just he's just a guy, he's going to be a dude for somebody. Like that's the the only yes. way I can say it. He um, you know he gets dinged a little bit for his height, but you know at some point like a dude is a dude, and if he's going to be mean and nasty in the trenches, it doesn't really matter. And and even uh, Malcolm Brown who you know, was on a Patriots Super Bowl team as a pretty big part of that Super Bowl team, uh, said that he feels like Puna's height is going to be an advantage because he's going to have an easier time getting under the pad levels of NFL scouts. He actually said that to a a BON writer at the uh, pro day. So that's, that's an interesting take. Um, but for me, like that guy, again, he's going to be a dude for somebody and I cannot wait Mm -hmm. to see him. And, and as long as it's not the Patriots, because the Patriots have, a uh, penchant for drafting Texas players I love, like the aforementioned <laughs> Malcolm Brown. Right, it just it just hurts my soul. There was a mock draft that had Malik going to the Patriots, and I died a little inside. So hopefully it's not them. But you know what? There are worse teams to end up on for the Patriots. I'll stop being selfish. Um, Antoine Davis is another guy that that did some numbers at the combine. Uh, this is again kind of self-reported, but he said he did 28 reps on the bench press at 225 and ran a 4-3-6 40-yard dash. Um, would have been the top bench among all defense. Backs at the combine, and that a four three six. Uh, there are some really this is a really fast defensive back class, so there are a lot of sub four fours. But a four three four, 
for a guy who didn't play a ton at Texas, man, what did that open your eyes to Antoine Davis any? Absolutely. Like, you know, I expected him to have a strong bench uh, number just because the dude's strong and he's been tough and he showed this year that he would get in. I, I, we said it on this podcast that he looked best when he was playing up close to the line and he could jam guys, um, kind of get in the mix, get a little physical, get people knocked off. Um, and I thought that was because he might be like a four, you know, just sub four five guy, like a four four nine or something, you know, or a uh, you know, just a guy who by no means is slow, but didn't have that elite uh, defensive back speed. And so that's why I thought that was really his skill set in his game. But the four three six was what really jumped off the page to me. Great for him, man. That means that dude has been working at it. Um, has has probably been going through coaching, going through drills, really just getting uh, his form and everything. That the amount, and I've watched some documentaries on it. The amount that these guys do to prepare for combines and pro days uh, to get these numbers is really incredible. And it shows when a guy puts in that effort that he has a, a drive and desire. And one of the least important things that scouts ask, and I hate it, but it relevant here, I guess, is you know, does the guy love football? Um, as though you're not allowed to love anything else. But uh, but anyways, that, that aside, um, a guy who, who knows that he needs to come out and show out if he wants to continue that career, if he wants to do the thing that he loves, if he wants to play football at the next level, um, will do that. He will go and work his butt off from you know the day the season ends uh, until this day. And so good for, good for him for showing out, um, for hopefully, you know, he is a guy who I don't think was really probably on a lot of radars. I mean, he could have got the benefit of a really, really strong defense and a really, really strong defensive backfield. So teams were watching tape. And, and in those situations, when you're looking, you know, at, at Holton or, or, or Deshaun Elliott or uh, maybe even getting an early look at Chris Boyd um, or watching Malik, you know, in the flats or something that you catch Antoine Davis in there, um, you know, maybe he got those looks. But uh, I don't think he was a guy who's really uh, been lighting up the, the mock drafts. So this is big for him, and, I, and, I, and I'm really excited to see it because I love Longhorns in the NFL, um, and I love how much talent was on this defense. They were that good, and I want all these guys to be celebrated for it. They, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, the big names like Malik and everything, Holton Hill, uh, Deshaun Elliott, we knew what those guys were, what they had. Um, we knew what they were already capable of, but, but for a Puna or an Antoine Davis, um, and I wish Puna was in the it was in that that former, but uh, being in this other category of not going to the combine, this was a big day, and I think both of them showed well. Again, I want Texas to return to the DBU status, and I think Antoine Davis yeah. is the kind of guy who could make us make a roster as an undrafted free agent and and really yeah. make some waves as a as a guy who and has a great story because he wasn't a highly drafted guy. So I I'm. Excited to see that. Uh, some other name statistics you may be curious about. Armonte Foreman uh, reported that he ran a 4-4-3 40-yard dash. Not a ton of surprise that he's fast. Uh, he's a quick he's a quick receiver. Uh, he's pro- not really projected to be drafted, but could uh, see some camp invites. And then uh, Chris Warren III, who was invited to the combine, surprising some, uh, improved his, four, his 40-yard dash into something in the 4-5 range. He is on record saying that he'd be willing to play any position, but would prefer to play running back in the NFL. Best of luck to you, Chris. It wasn't a successful run at, at Texas, but I don't wish the kid any ill will. Yeah, I, I also would, would love to play running back in the NFL, but uh, you know, I think he does have a better <laughs> chance than either of us to do that. But I, I, I don't, I don't think. Although, although here's a scenario for you. I do know a team that probably would take him and maybe even with like a fourth round pick um, in the running back. And that would be your Miami Dolphins. Uh, I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> that was below the belt. I'm that sorry. I, I apologize. But 
<laughs> but no, uh, <laughs> my my faith in the Dolphins would have them drafting him in the first round. That would be how I how <laughs> confident I am in the Dolphins' abilities to field a competitive NFL team. That was a low blow, but just on Armonte, um, I, I hope this guy gets a shot. Gets, I think he's a guy who um, obviously didn't look the best in practice this year. Sometimes as that was cited one of the reasons he maybe didn't get as much playing time, but I think he's a guy who has talent and you see that. And, and if, if, you know, has the right motivation is really going to, going to put the work in to get there. I would love just the kind of narrative of it all. If he got to work out with the, with the Texans and got to play with his brother again. Um, I just think that would be, uh, that would be a cool thing. So, you know, if he doesn't get drafted, I hope uh, that's the first stop that he gets and he works out and, and hopefully can, can catch on also because the Texans need some help. I would love to see that's, that was my immediate thought is, even even as a practice squad player for the Texans, I'd love to see yeah. uh, him yeah. there. He he seems to excel when his brother is around. So hopefully uh, he can he can get things back on the right track. So we got uh, shifting gears from from football to basketball. Even though basketball season is uh, officially over, it feels like the losses just keep coming for this Texas basketball team. The losses just keep rolling around. Texas had some attrition. Uh, this week, both James Banks uh, and Eric Davis are leaving the program. Banks is going to join Jacob Young in transferring, and Eric Davis, who uh, is part of that the agent runner investigation situation that's happening, uh, is declaring for the NBA draft. So uh, we talked last week about does Jacob Young look like a black eye for for Shaka Smart? Things are things are starting to look a little bit more shaky for. Uh, for Shaka on the uh, on the hardwood. So Kyle, what do you what does this do for your perception of Texas moving forward and Shaka's ability to field really a competitive team next year? Yeah, I mean, you want guys. You don't want to get to a point where where you have you know like we kind of had at the end of the year this year five to seven guys that you trust and have such a short rotation, uh, especially during the the kind of gruel of the season and and um, you know the unexpected things that can happen with injuries and everything else. You you really don't want that, but. I mean, when we talked last week about what that looked like with with Jacob Young leaving, um, we really didn't mention any of these guys um, as as being key components next year um, because I don't think they are. And I, I think with Eric Davis, it was probably I, maybe I was naive, but I just assumed as soon as I heard that that he would never play at Texas again. Um, I think Texas was overly um, proactive about their decision, but I think they made the right one. Um, and he was, you know, I, the the barking uh, carnival basketball writer kind of affectionately called him wild card, which I loved because, you know, he could be, he, he, he had, he was like Jacob Young, um, before Jacob Young really had the, you know, the minutes to show that off, but he was, you know, he could be wild and hot and, and put up offense when we, when we needed it, but he could also just be ice cold. Um, you know, and, and young kids, I get it, but, uh, you know, I would, <laughs> feel a little worse if it was a player who had a little more consistency. And again, also, I don't think Texas needs to be or Shaka needs to be um, in any way associated with the, with this investigation. So getting him off campus, you know, wish him all the best. Uh, but I think it's just good. I think it's better for the team that you don't have that kind of hanging over and wondering if, if the, uh, you know, if the, the ax is going to is going to fall. But uh, with James Banks, that's a little more disappointing. Um, you know, he was a guy who was, who was a big recruit in, in didn't really develop, didn't really clearly win Shaka's trust. Uh, even the minutes he got just were quick, and he got a very short leash would get pulled. Um, I think it was telling to him. I thought 
I didn't I didn't think he was going to be on this team. I thought there was a good chance he transferred after Bomba went down and Banks minutes really didn't go up. He still was getting, you know, 6 minutes a game. Um, you know, a lot of that was <laughs> the guy was averaging like a foul a minute, so you only get 5 minutes <laughs> if that's the case, but uh but you know, I neither of these leave me, you know, uh, feeling like the the sky is falling in the sense of we're losing key key guys, but again, you want guys in the program, bought into the program, trying to get better so that by the time they're seniors, they can contribute. If you're not good enough to leave early, then stick for four years and, you know, try to be some leadership and some senior veteran kind of play on a team. So you don't want this cycle of guys leaving early, even ones who aren't your one and done big men, big names. Um, and like I said, Banks was, it was a big, I think a four-star recruit, um, mm. a part of that class, you know, I think he and, and, um, I think he, I think he was uh, maybe the here Andrew Jones were the marquee of of that class, um, besides the 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 one and done um, uh, Allen that year. So I, um, you know, I, I hate to see him go. I wish him both the best. I'll be curious where James Banks ends up. Um, who knows? He and Jacob Young could end up on the same team next year when we hear where, where the chips fall. But uh, they're you know they they will be missed just from that sense. But I, I don't think it hurts Shaka, and I don't think it changes anything of what Shaka's kind of looking for next year and, and the guys he has coming in, the guys he has sticking around um, and, and what, you know, the Texas Longhorn basketball has to do next year, uh, regardless of who the guys are. With the way they ended the season with basically seven guys in the rotation, it's hard to see guys leaving. Uh, I mean, it's, they, they are going to have bodies. I mean, you still got Ostakowski coming back, Jericho Sims, um, Royce Ham. You've got Kamaka Hepa who's coming in. So they've got, they've got bodies and not a ton of experience outside of um, Ostakowski. You know, he's, he's obviously your most experienced guy. And depending on who you are, you either love or hate him, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So they're going to have people. Uh, I think if they have more attrition in the guards, that worries me a bit. I yeah. think Texas is really thin on guard. You know, Andrew Jones has said that he is gaining some of the weight that he lost yeah. through his uh, chemo battle, but you never want to uh, rush a guy back, especially coming from something like he has gone through. So I'm, I'm interested to see what Texas can do at the guard position. There are some grad transfers out there that Texas has been courting. I'm not necessarily um, too concerned about the front court. But again, especially with this next piece of news that uh, Snoop Roach has decided to declare himself eligible for the NBA draft. The important note is that he has not hired an agent, which means that if he gets some unfavorable ratings or reviews based on uh, his combine performance, he can elect to pull his name out of draft consideration. Uh, and he will have to do that within 10 days of the NBA draft. So 10 days prior, he can say, no, I'm not draft eligible. So that kind of light of our previous conversation worries me just a little bit for next year. Yeah. And I think there's two factors in the guard play. I think the biggest one, of course, is Snoop Roach making the decision to come back and, and just a little bit of breaking um, podcast related news here from the Longhorn Republic. Uh, I did tweet out that, um, you know, as reported on the Longhorn Republic, we thought Snoop Roach would uh, take this route and then said that, uh, you know, but I think, as I said on the podcast, that he will come back, work his tail off and become a top 25 pick in the draft next year. And that tweet was liked by none other than Snoop Roach. So you heard it here first. He's coming back. 
He's going to be a top 25 player next year. He agrees. I agree. That's really all you need. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but that's going to be, that's going to be kind of an interesting one. That, that is a big, that is a big game changer out of the three. That's the one that has the biggest impact on this Texas team next year. Um, just one note that we do also have, um, a lot, Elijah, Eli Long, who is the, the kind of transfer who has been practicing with the team, um, but had to sit out this year, who will basically be taking, um, the spot of, you know, Eric Davis or Jacob Young, if you will, on the guard rotation. So um, it's still thin. I agree with you. But if, say we get both of those guys back, Roach and, and Long, um, I, I feel like we're good. I feel like we're all right. And if we can land one more recruit at the guard position, then I feel really, really good about that that part of the team. You've obviously got um, Matt Coleman, who's still around. You've got Eric Davis is gone. I'm going through the roster now. Like Jace Fabres, who kind of came on and then fell off. Like it's it's just not – Oh, Roach not coming back is changes everything about my opinion about this position. But I I don't know. My gut tells yeah. me he's back. <laughs> yeah, and they don't have anybody in the in the twenty uh, in this twenty eighteen recruiting cycle. That's a that's out of guard. They've got uh, four forwards, which they'll be great. <laughs> they'll be great at forward. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out. Because I'm not I'm I'm concerned. Again, uh, I think Snoop will probably get. Um, Everything that we're seeing is probably second round grades. You know, last year Andrew Jones was hoping to get first round grades, and that's why he came back. So if Snoop doesn't get the grades he likes, he does definitely does have the option to come back, uh, play another year, and and get a better evaluation. Hopefully, get drafted uh, higher in the in the draft. And one guy who's definitely watching this the same that we are is uh, four star prospect uh, Courtney Ramey, who uh, visited Texas in December. Um, and, and we kind of went cold. We didn't think we were going to get him. He's the number 10 point guard prospect out of Missouri. Um, it's between really Mizzou and, and Texas, but Texas kind of fell a little bit cold um, for a while. But then kind of with some of the news with guards leaving with everything, it's heated up. So um, can't predict that. Uh, I don't think it's at the point where you can call that, but it got a lot hotter for Texas when he came and visited. And, and I think um, I think that, you know, this all looks just as appealing to him as it does to us for, for early playing time. So just another guy in the mix, not not on campus or even committed yet, but could be. Could be a guy and could be a, a good addition to this recruiting class. Yeah, Villanova's also in that mix, so Villanova oh. definitely worries me, especially with their uh, with their winning a national championship as we speak. They were ahead <laughs> 10 and we signed on, so uh, that'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, it's hard to compete with Villanova. Uh, for for anybody in basketball, uh, but let's 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 move on and we'll talk a, a quick baseball recap this weekend. So last week we were talking about how it didn't look like Texas would lose a series for the rest of the season, and then they lost two straight against Kansas State to open their series. It just was not a good look. So Texas dropped the first game. Um, uh, five to two, they only were able to manage five hits in that game. Uh, you know, Kansas State won off a walk off on uh, on Saturday. Or on, I guess it was Friday. They did a Thursday, Friday, Saturday because of the holiday. So uh, they K State won on a walk off on Friday to win eleven to ten, and then finally uh, they Texas was able to eke out a nine to five win on Saturday to keep from getting swept uh, in the in the series against Kansas State. Kyle, you are our resident baseball guy, so just what the heck happened? Uh, four, four word synopsis. I hate Kansas State. 
Uh, I was saying off air to you that, you know, of course the Sooners and the Aggies, you know, Aggies aren't a rival. We all know that, but um, (laughs) just their fan base. Those are my, my two least groups of humans on the planet, but Kansas state is a team that Texas has to play might be like my least favorite opponent. I freaking hate this team. I I don't want to get into it, but we've lost to Ron Prince. You know, we've lost to, they were last place in the conference in baseball heading into this. They somehow got a basketball program. That's all of a sudden good just because, you know, they're, they're jerks. Um, You know, (laughs) I just, the whole state of Kansas, really. I mean, that you, there's a turnpike through you for a reason. No one wants to stop there. You, you, you're bad. No one likes you. Um, and I am in that group. I'm going to use I statements here. I don't like you. Um, so, you know, that's really the analysis for this series. But if you want some actual baseball talk, five hits in a game against, you know, uh, not great pitching is not good. The fact that they got two runs off it is, is fine. But if you're going to do that, you need to throw perfectly. And, and Texas didn't do that. Um, giving up 11 runs to, to K-State is, is not acceptable for a team that wants to, you know, have a postseason run. Um, this isn't a good – it's not a great Kansas State team. They're probably not even a good Kansas State team, um, you know, and – it was a great like rally that they had in the ninth to uh they scored um seven two out runs but the fact that they had to do that was devastating the fact that there was a 10 10 tie that kansas state had a walk off to win 11 to 10 was just infuriating and heartbreaking um yeah they won nine to five but still you gave them five runs again to kansas state like they really need to work on that bullpen. They really need to get starting pitching to um, pitch up to their potential across, you know, more than just one or two guys. They they really need to get um, consistent relief efforts. Um, you know, on a positive note, uh, Bochi Ball looked good in his appearances. Um, so shout out to, to our Italian friend, Matteo Bochi. But, um, yeah, uh, Texas has a chance this week to redeem themselves. Um, you know, they did win the midweek game against Kansas or excuse me, against Texas state, uh, in San Marcos, which is good. It improved their putrid road record, which I think they have as many road losses as home losses in, in one half or so of the games, but, um, they're going to need to, to keep that going. They have a, uh, game tonight. They actually did win against, against McNeese state. So that's something salvaging two game win streak. Woo. Uh, they, uh, travel actually to Corpus Christi, um, tomorrow which is going to be a quick turnaround to get back for the Baylor weekend series um they should beat TAMU CC um come on this is the fight in Texas Sea Ags that's I think I don't know but they uh they should <laughs> the Islanders I think is their yeah, their given name whatever you want to call them they're Aggies in some capacity so just you know beat the tar um off of their bats and then uh come back home and beat Baylor because you know Texas is supposed to beat Baylor and uh it make me feel better because right now I just not real thrilled with these luckily the Astros are awesome or else I would be done with baseball but uh but yeah UT you're better than this stop losing to teams that aren't as good as you and and play up to your potential that's it I don't know if I've ever heard Kyle as melancholy as I have uh, in these last few minutes it's pretty it's pretty bad uh if that gives you an indication so Kyle alluded to uh the ro- home and away for Texas baseball 14 and 6 at home 3 and 6 on the road so that's something that they're going to need to figure the heck out before any tournament rolls around because they're definitely not going to be a, a, at the dish so we'll have to see how they can figure it out to to be away from home cuz that is definitely 
going to be a thing if they want to make any sort of run to anywhere in in the postseason. Uh, but that brings us to everybody's favorite part of the show, where we honor uh, one of our favorite traditions on the 40 Acres, uh, Big Bertha and me banging the drum. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? Well, I told you it's a big sports week. Um, you know, we have the, the NCAA Tournament Championship going on right now. Uh, I believe you said Villanova's up. I'm trying to watch out the reflection of my mirror behind where I record where the game is on. I hope Villanova wins, but uh, that's a big game. Uh, but it's also Masters Week, which um, Masters Week is special. Masters Week is something, you know, that's uh, – I don't know if you're a big golf fan, Gerald. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't believe we've ever talked golf. But, uh, you know, you, you could be a closet golf nut. But uh, uh, but I, I do love golf, and, and I'm, I'm not nearly as good at it um, as, as I imagine myself to be. I mean, I've beaten – Raymond Summerlin, your your host of your other podcast, who woke nerds, um, just wanted to put that officially on the air. Um, but that has happened, and Raymond is a very good golfer. But I'm I'm not great. But I, I love playing with my dad. Um, the Masters is something that, uh, and golf in general is something that I think about my dad when it comes around every week. And it's you know I've already called him on Monday. And what do you think? What, what's Tiger's actual chances? What's going on? But I just get geared up for this week. It's exciting. It's the most exciting time in golf. Um, there's something very special. It's a it's a connection. It's a deep deep kind of spiritual form of the game just the course the 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 aura around it is so pristine but anyway so the longhorns are going to be pretty well represented um they're trying to win their fourth spieth won a few years ago and ben crenshaw won twice um and they have a decent chance um right now jordan spieth is second um in the odds after a tied with tiger woods at 12 to 1 after a three-way tie with justin thomas Dustin Johnson and, and Rory. Um, so that's pretty good. Spieth um, has has kind of had a little bit of an off year with his putter, but he uh, he played in the Houston Open this past weekend, got the putter going a little bit for a while, kind of knocked some of the cobwebs off, and I wouldn't put it past Jordan Spieth to be, to be right in the hunt uh, towards the end. Um, but there are a few other Longhorns playing, um, including uh, his teammate in the uh, 2012 NCAA champion uh, Longhorn team, Dylan Fratelli, who's a 250-1 to odds to win it um and also jonathan vegas a colombian national who um has played uh once before i believe in the masters um and he's at a 300 to 1 odds but my my favorite guy that i'm going to be watching um is ut senior doug gim who uh is one of the six amateurs competing and has a really really good shot to be the low amateur which you know no amateurs ever uh ever won um back in the day you used to get close so it's really you don't compete to win it because it's just the nerves of that place but um he is has a good chance to be low amateur and, and he's one of only i think two guys who are in college who are playing the others are you have a lot of international guys in that group um maybe three but still has has a chance to be the low low amateur and that's just a really cool thing and a cool experience for him um we almost had one more because uh, Bo Hostler, I have to give a shout out to Texas Cowboys. That's Texas Cowboy Bo Hostler um, was a sudden death playoff from from being the the fifth Longhorn to represent. But he lost this past weekend in, in, the, in the Houston Open. Um, so we have some Longhorns to watch for. So watch this. Everyone tune in. Watch the Masters. Watch Amen Corner. Stream it on CBS.com. Do all that. But keep a special eye out for the, for the four Longhorns who are going to be there um, because this is a good chance for uh, for. Texas to be represented, and like I said, I'm I'm hoping Spieth, or maybe one of these shock guys, but but probably Jordan Spieth can bring home the uh, the fourth Masters green jacket for for the Forty Acres. You hit off the top. I'm not a huge golf fan, but it's hard not to watch the Masters at, at least a little bit. You gotta at least take part for for a little bit. Amen Corner, something that you, it's hard to 
hard to turn down. I mean, I like everybody in the in the early two thousands watched Tiger play because that was a thing. But wasn't ne- I'm terrible at golf, and it's a really expensive hobby to uh, pick up to just suck at it. And I don't feel like I'm patient enough to get good. So we'll just move on from from Gerald's uh, deep seated <laughs> uh, patience issues that that probably stem back to some childhood trauma. But whatever. Uh, so my don't sleep is probably the most obvious statement that I've ever made, but John Burt is really fast. Uh, John Burt, Texas senior wide receiver. Uh, we talk about him being a track guy all the time. And, and a lot of times track guy seems to be an insult mm. to uh, receivers or it's like, Oh, he's just a track guy. Oh, he's just a track guy. He's just a track guy. Well, you know what? John Burt is, is a capable receiver. We saw him um, leave some defenders in the dust uh, this past season and he did some of that this past weekend. So uh, the Clyde Littlefield Texas relays were this past weekend, and you may also know that Texas is uh, having spring practice. So Texas had its first spring scrimmage Saturday morning, and John Burt participated. And then he decided he wanted to go run in the afternoon, and so he uh, decided that he was going to run his his event is the 110 meter hurdle, so the sprint hurdles. So if you don't know what the hurdles are, you run and then you jump, and then you run and then you jump, and you run and then you jump for 110 meters, which is uh, quite a quite a distance, if you ask me. Uh, I have I don't know, 10 meters feels like quite a distance to me at this point in my life. But uh, so he turned in a second place finish, running a sub 14, a 13.96 on the 110 meter hurdles, which is fast, which is real, real fast. <laughs> and so my show notes for this is John Burt is a bad man, hashtag fire emoji. So just that dude's an athlete, and I'm excited to see him with a capable passing game this uh, this coming season. The offensive line is going to be better, which means the quarterback is going to be better, and the running game is going to be better. So hopefully, John Burt's the guy that can take the top off the defense and just streak down the field, cause receivers to trail him, and let uh, him do his work. I'm excited to see it because again, John Burt is a bad man. Hashtag fire emoji. <laughs> and I love the uh, I love that, but I love the uh, the women were all represented as well um, by Burton. That's Rochelle Burton, um, who was the uh, the first to win in the, the same event, the hundred meter hurdles. Um, first UT, sorry, Longhorn to win at Texas Relays in like 13 years. So glad to see us taking back a little home turf there in the in the hurdles and in being well represented. So. Uh, also to the women's track and field uh shout outs to y'all well that brings us to the end of the show thank you so much for listening in again and before you go i'd love to remind you if you like what we do please leave us a rating or a review on apple Podcasts. it helps a ton of visibility uh, share this with your friends wherever you found it and of course you can follow us on twitter longhorn pod is on the twitter you can shoot us an email longhorn republic pod at gmail.com kyle where can the good folks find you on the internet uh, you can find me on twitter at kyle carpenter um you can find me Tweeting and eating and meeting at your local Fuddruckers. Um, just shout out at Fuddruckers. That's uh, the world's greatest ham- hamburger, Fuddruckers, if you were wondering. Um, shout out to them. They uh, they have not responded to any of my tweets yet, but we're going to up that campaign. So just be on the lookout for a daily tweet uh, from either myself or Longhorn Pod, trying to get a little uh, get a little love going there. So I'll be in, be in soon uh, to have some of your burgers, but just look for me on that social media as at Fuddruckers. I 
hate to admit how much I love tweeting and eating and meeting. I, I wish I didn't have to tell you that. <laughs> As is the tone of our friendship over these last decades. Uh, I wish I didn't have to tell you that I love that so much. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodridge. Again, follow the show at Longhorn Pod. Thank you so much for listening in again this weekend. Until next time, hook up. Hook up.